Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Greetings, church. Hey, welcome. You know, like spring forward happened. You guys are all here. Well done. We're not shaming you, those of you who are online. Okay, it's all good. Um, We're really glad that you're here, too. So um, I have a confession to make. I, I committed corporate espionage. Why are you laughing? It's not believable? Okay. Um, so one of the things that Sarah and I like to do is to go to escape rooms. And every escape room, <clears throat> you have a scenario and a story, like a setting and a story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm choked up about it. <clears throat> <laughs> And so you have this like situation where you go in and, and we were supposed to go into this guy's brain through this new technology and steal all of his like passwords so that we could steal all of their research so that we could, you know, win and all that. And by the way, we did escape. And, uh, so we succeeded at the corporate, corporate espionage that we committed. Um, so if you're not familiar with the escape room is you go to this place and you get a, a, a situation and a story and you go into this room and you have to look for clues and it's kind of a mystery and you got to figure out, uh, how to get through each of the little checkpoints that they have and eventually escape the room. And that's kind of, kind of masked over all of the, the situation that you have in your situation and your story. So we did the escape room. And uh, if you like mystery, if you like clues, that kind of a thing, then you'll like escape rooms. Uh, I bring that up to say this. N.T. Wright had this quote about prayer. He said this, Prayer is one of life's great mysteries. For many people, it is not just a mystery, but a puzzle. They know they ought to do it, but they aren't quite sure how. Last week we talked about how, like, basically Jesus said, it's not just that you pray, it's how you pray that's important. It's not just that you pray, it's how you pray that's important. And he talked about how the Gentiles babble on and on, and they think that they could be heard for their many words. And, and this week Jesus is going to kind of turn the table and say, this is how you should pray. And here's the thing, this is relevant to most Americans that you come across, because uh, they did people did some research back in 2017 to try and figure out what the prayer life is like of Americans. And they found that 79% uh, of people in America had prayed um, like in the last three months of the people that they researched. Um, So a lot of people pray, but if you're like most people, there are times when you're just like not sure what to pray. Or prayer is just like this thing you know you should do, but there's a lot of mystery there. It feels like a puzzle to be solved versus an experience to be had. And so like maybe for, for those of us who um, don't have this amazing prayer life where we're just like, oh, it's just so amazing, then, then today's message is going to be for you. Because, uh, and if you do feel like you have a great prayer, prayer life, this is also for you because Jesus is going to show us a prayer that can literally change your life. And, and here's the thing. Um, for those of you who have been in church for a while, um, you will be familiar with the words of this passage we're going to look at. You're going to be familiar with this prayer. Um, but but I, I want to give you a, a, a big picture perspective on this passage that hopefully will show you the life-transforming nature of this prayer and what God actually wants to accomplish in your life. 
through this prayer. Here's the thing. We did a, uh, like, uh, many weeks, like six or seven weeks series on the subject of the Lord's Prayer that we're going to be digging into. So we dug in all of the little pieces of this passage on prayer. And so if you want to look at that, you can go to fccfamily.com slash sermons. But today we're going to look at it in one week and big picture all together. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, a prayer that can change your life. And I really do mean that. Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 9, just after he got done saying, don't pray like the Gentiles, don't be like them, because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. So he said this, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. So the big picture on this passage is Jesus is giving us a model prayer, a, a framework in which to pray from. Uh, it's like he gave us the blueprint for the building and we get to participate with him on building the building. It's not just the blueprint because it becomes real when you actually start praying it and adding uh, flavor to it, right? You have to add something to it. So he, he's given us a framework to pray. So he doesn't say you should pray exactly this. You can, but he says pray like this. Pray like this. This is what you should do. And the, the first thing that we see in this prayer are the first two words. It says, our Father. Our Father. That's really significant. Ian Bounds said this about God's fatherhood. God's fatherhood gives shape, value, and confidence to all our praying. The fact that we pray not to a far-off deity who is just kind of like wants us to appease him by glorifying him and he's not involved in our lives. Um, the fact that we pray to a God who is transcendent, he is in heaven, but he's also imminent, he's here with us, that changes things. That, that we, cha- we pray to our Father. And so, so for some of us, we, we grew up in a home where we could talk to our Father, our earthly Father, about anything that we've got going on. Um, and we could just share with him our heart and we could share with him what we've got, uh, struggles with and we could, we could just, we could just do that. That was normal. So the idea to pray to our father who's in heaven is, is an easy thing because we had an easy road with our father. But others of us, we, we didn't. And maybe for, you know, obviously on a spectrum, like some of us, we, we couldn't talk to our father about our emotions because he didn't know what to do with his own, let alone yours. And we couldn't talk to him about things that we're struggling with because we didn't feel like we would be heard. He was busy uh, doing whatever it is. Maybe he worked all the time, like whatever your situation is. Maybe some of us have the idea of praying to our father in heaven is kind of like foreign because we didn't really get used to talking to our father on earth. So the idea to talk to our father in heaven is just a little foreign. But this this is really important that we see in this passage and in this prayer that, that God is our Father and we learn a lot more about God in this. And, and really, here's the thing. Like, we start in prayer, we start with God. We start with God in our praying. Um, some of us, you know, we, we go through stuff, we go through life, and, and the reason why we're praying is because things are bad happening and, and we, we have these things that we want to bring to Him and that's, that's important and He wants to welcome you to pray about those things. But He also, in this, giving us this model prayer, He shows us that it's all about him. 
that if you start your prayer with who God is, then it changes the way you pray. Because the way you pray says a lot about what you believe about God. He says, start with who God is. Start with God, not our problems, but his power. Not not our mistakes, but his might. Not our innumerable needs, but his name. That is where we start when we pray. So we learn some things about God in this in this passage, in this prayer. Uh, we learn that God is Father, our Father in heaven. He is our Father. That means we are his children. He is King. He's in charge. Like, your name, God, not mine. Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's like saying, God, you're the one in charge. You're the one. I want you to do what you want to do because what you want to do is what's best for me, even though it might not be what I want to happen. Like, I, I know that it's your kingdom, your will. That's what I want to be done. Uh, he, God is provider. God is not only father and king, but he's also provider. Give us our daily bread. We go to him. And it's very easy to like get like, you know, caught up in, well, I just go to Kroger. <laughs> hey, Kroger, give us our daily bread. You know, Walmart, go to, give us our daily bread, whatever it is your choice. But we have to remember it's all from him. Um, he is the one who allows us to have our daily sustenance. He is provider. He is redeemer. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. He's the one we, he invites us to pray for forgiveness. That's amazing. It's amazing that he invites us to ask him for forgiveness and he gives it to us. He is protector. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he is also judge. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. God is father. God is king. God is provider. God is redeemer. God is protector. God is judge. Picture with me. Um, how many of you, just by a show of hands, like to go hiking? Go ahead. There you go. Okay. How many of you like to go hiking, but your body can't do it anymore? Okay. How many of you just hate hiking? Oh, okay. First service had some people. Like, uh, like, uh. okay. So let's just picture this, all right? Put your thinking caps on, your imagination, right? Imagination station. Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, but, all right, put your thinking cap on. Just f- picture this. It's a summer day, 73 degrees. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Um, the humidity is good, but it's not, like, overwhelming. It, like, gives you... It's like giving you a hug of heat, but not a smothering of heat. You know what I mean? So like, it's nice. The, the, the sky is blue. There's only a couple clouds and they're, they're shaped in a heart. Like, this is so beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. It's in our imagination. Um, and so it's the, the most beautiful day. You hear the birds chirping and the, the, the wind is just, just so slightly blowing. So you hear a little bit of rustling of the leaves and you are at the trailhead of a trail that you're about to go walking on with your Heavenly Father. So your Heavenly Father and you, you both got your backpacks on, you know, this is going to be a good hike. It's going to be a multi-day hike, okay? Remember, your, body's, your body can handle it in this situation. Um, and so you, you've got all your supplies, you've got um, your food, you've got your clothes, you've got your water, you've got your tent, you've got all the things. Yeah, you're going to be sleeping on the ground and it's going to be fine. Okay. You even got your uh, blow up mattress if you want, you know. <laughs> um, and so you're ready to go. You've got your stuff and he's got his stuff. And before he turns to head into the trail for this adventure together, he, he pauses and looks at you and smiles and he says, hey, do you want me to carry anything for you? 
Just so you know, I'm willing to carry whatever you want me to carry on this, on this hike. And like you instantly think, like, well, I've got this bag on my back, like, um, and he's stronger. He's your heavenly father, y'all. Like he, he's built different. You know what I mean? Like the essence of built different. He is. And so he, you're like, okay, maybe I can give him my bag that's got all my stuff in it. And, but you kind of like part of you is like, ah, nah, God, like I'll carry it. It's cool. Like I, I can, I can carry my load. It's fine. But he's not just talking about the stuff that's on your back, like in that bag. He's talking about other things that you could give him to carry. He's, he's talking about things like, hey, I'll carry your identity on this trail. I'll carry, hey, your worship. You want me to carry that? You, you want me to carry your future? That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of wondering. You want me to carry your future? You want me to carry your plans and your desires? Uh, you want me to carry that? You know, I know you're always trying to figure it out and it puts a lot of weight on your shoulders. You want me to carry your needs? You're always working to provide your own needs. Do you want me to carry that for you? You want me to carry your regrets? I know that weighs you down. You want me to carry your wounds? I know that hurts. Do you want me to carry your safety? On this, on this hike called life, we might face some bears and, and I'll protect you. Uh, do you want me to carry your heart? Do you want me to carry your life? My question is like, if he opened that door, said, hey, I'll carry whatever you got, whatever you want me to carry, what would you choose? What would it, what would you choose for him to carry? Maybe for some of us is our future because it's just so overwhelming to think about it. We don't know how it's going to pan out, but we know he does. So maybe, maybe we'll give him that. Maybe, well, okay. Yeah, you're right. This trail is kind of in the mountains. I don't really feel like fighting a mountain lion on my own, so maybe I'll give him my safety. God, please protect us on this drive. Please please protect us on this hike. Um, okay, yeah, my worship, that's fine. I, I don't want to sing to me. I want to sing to you, God. I, I think this prayer that Jesus is showing us beckons us, calls us, yearns for us, teaches us to give him all of that. For our answer, when he asks those, oh, you want me to carry your identity, your worship, all those things? Yes. Here. Like, look at this. This is what this this prayer shows us. Um, We give God our identity when we pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven. What does that mean? We are his children. We are his children. That is who we are. Before we are anything else on this earth, before we are anything, we are his children. Child, We are his, his children. We, we give him our worship. Your name be honored as holy. Like, it's not my name to be honored as holy. It's yours, God. Like, I am not trying to have my way be about this. I'm just wanting to bring you glory. He brings our worship. He invites us, this prayer invites us to give him our future. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Not my kingdom come, uh, your kingdom come, God. So like whatever you want this future to be, as you bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, then please just bring that. And whatever that means for me individually and my family and my, my friends, like so be it. You have my future. Uh, our plans, our desires, your will be done on earth as it is in he- heaven. Like he's got the plan. He's got the, the ways to go. He's got the, the, the secret trail to head down on that hike. 
Our, our needs, give us today our daily bread. We are invited and, and taught to give him our needs, to give our regrets our, and forgive us our debts. What are our debts? What are the things that we need to be forgiven for? There are regrets. There are sin. The things that we look back and we're like, I wish it weren't that way. The things that we hold on to and carry and beat ourselves up about because we messed up, because we did something we weren't supposed to do. We are invited to give him our regrets. What about our wounds? As we also have forgiven our debtors, you know what keeps us from forgiving people? Wounds that haven't healed. Like, ah, you know, I, I, I just ignore it, you know. What happens when you break a bone and you don't have it reset? It grows back and it heals all messed up and you can't use it the same way, right? It's the same thing that happens when we don't give God our wounds for him to heal them. Our safety, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He invites us to give, a, give him our heart. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. And he invites us to give him our lives. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. The flip side of that is the trust that when we forgive others, he forgives us. So he's inviting us to give him all the stuff that we've got and to go on this hike called life and to follow him throughout it all. And there will be twists and turns, y'all. This is not going to be a level ground. This is not uh, just simply on the plains of Indiana. This is going to be uh, some, some elevation climbs. There's going to be some twists and turns. And there's going to be some moments where you're going to probably slip a few times. You're, you're going to have some moments where, you, you know, things are going to distract you from being able to follow after him. And there will be times when you fall down. There will be times when you take your eyes off of your father who's in front of you, who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way, and yet you're going to choose your own way even though you know that all to be true. There's going to be times in our lives, like how many of us have slipped in some mud and have just like said, well, God, this path is terrible. I'm going to go that way. And we've, we've, we've had seasons, some of us. We've had seasons where we just went our own way and we went there quite a while. And it wasn't until we realized that we were alone and lost that we started to turn back and what we realized is he was right there following after us and he took us back. There, there will be, what I'm saying is it, life will be filled with moments where you don't keep your eyes on God the whole time. Where, where you don't give him your identity, where you don't give him your worship, where you don't give him your future, where you don't give him your plans and desires, where you try to do it yourself. When, when you don't give him your needs, your regrets, your wounds, your safety, your heart, your life, some of us are going to have times when we hold on to that stuff and we're carrying it, we're carrying it, and we're getting tired. And we just recognize that God is inviting us to pray this prayer. And when we pray this prayer, he's inviting us to actually mean it which means that we let him carry all this stuff. We will have times when we slip and fall. Uh, Peter knew this. So here's the scene. It's a dark night. Um, Jesus had gone away and prayed like we talked about last week. And the apostles were alone in the boat. So all 12 of them were in that boat and they were on the Sea of Galilee. And then all of a sudden... They see in the distance something they would not normally see on the sea. And that was 
what seemed to be a ghost because it was a guy walking on the sea. That's not something you normally see. Amen. So he's walking and, and the apostle like, what is that? Who is that? And Peter's like, is that Jesus? Hey, Jesus, is that you? And, and Jesus is like, yeah, it's me. He's like, ah, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water so I can walk on the water too. And, and Jesus is like, go on with your bad self. That's Brandon's translation. This is a little bit modified. Um, and so Peter, in, the, in this boat, right, he's a fisherman. This is his happy place, his comfortable place. He, he takes a step. Peter's just a, a, a faith-filled, crazy, bad dude. Like, you just, can you imagine actually believing that you're going to step out of that boat, literally step out of the boat, and walk on the water? So Peter took a, took a step out, and what he found was not water to fall into, but sure and solid ground to step on. And so he took a step and he stepped and he stepped and he was keeping his eyes on Jesus going toward his savior. And then what we see is the scriptures tell us that there was some kind of storm going on because the wind started to pick up. And as soon as the wind picked up, he lost his eyes on Jesus. He started to pay attention to the wind. As soon as he did that, as soon as he got his eyes off Jesus, he started to fall into the water. And, and it seems like Peter didn't know how to swim because this was a bad moment. And so Peter's crying out for God to help, for Jesus to help him. And, and what we see is even when Peter fell, because he took his eyes off Jesus, he fell into the water. Guess what happened? Jesus came up to him and gave him his hand to pull him back up. This, this, this painting articulates and, and shows, uh, it's the hand of God painting by Young Sung Kim. And, and it's from Peter's perspective in the water as Jesus is reaching out. Look at that smile and that smirk. I can just, I can just imagine Jesus being like, <laughs> like, come on, dude. You have little faith. You have little faith. Why did you take your eyes off me when the storm started to show up? Why did you take your eyes off of me when life started to get a little bit Wild. Why did you take your eyes off me? But, but here's the thing. That should be encouraging to us because in the same way, like there are going to be times on this hike called life where we take the wrong turn, where we get distracted, where we think, you know what? I just need to carry this myself. This is my burden to bear. Um, and so we start to go that own path and, and we just start to try and figure it out ourselves. Or, or we just get hung up in temptation and we start going down a path that we know we shouldn't go down. But we go down it anyway. And, and the testimony of the scriptures is that when you get lost and alone, when you're that single sheep from the hundredfold uh, sheep that you get away, guess who shows up? Your savior starts to pursue you, to bring you back. And so like there will be times, what I'm saying is there will be times in this life where we're on the hike going after our father, following after him, and we will get lost. But we need not get discouraged in that because it's along this journey, even with the moments where we skin our knee, when we fall down and we get back up, that along the journey called life, God is teaching us something. That when we go back to him in prayer like this on a daily basis, we, we recommit and we reframe our life to be in light of who God is first, 
not what is in front of us first. Like when you are so overwhelmed by what's in front of you, it's probably because you've not reminded yourself of who God is first. Because he's got it and he's got you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's inviting you to come with him. And his will would be that you would follow him. And so like as we go and pray this prayer, like eventually some of us would get to a point where, where our, our, our devotion to Jesus is not just some kind of like, okay, I come to church and we listen to the sermon and I go home and we go about our regular life and the thing that, that makes me a Christian is the fact that I go to church. But no, like we start to grow in our relationship with the Lord to where we start to understand that God literally changes everything and that is literally amazing news for our life. And we start to develop this passion. I know that like, passion comes through personality. You might not be verbose and uh, and loud, but we get to a point in our heart, in the depth of our soul, where we start to pray this prayer, and we, we start to say, like, my name, Jesus, like, like my name, it's irrelevant. Your name be honored as holy. Not my name. My name's irrelevant. My kingdom needs to just be demolished, like, just demolish it. Uh, my name, irrelevant. My kingdom, demolish it. My will, my will, throw it in hell. Like, my will, because I know that what I want normally is not good, so just throw it in hell where it belongs, and I'm just willing to do what you want. Have you gotten to that point? Have you gotten to that point where you're just like, okay, God, like, I just want you to do, you have your way with me. I'm up for whatever, whatever. I will get out of my comfort zone, that boat, and walk on some water, not because I'm trying to get some glory, but because I'm focused on you through it all. And the cool thing is, when you pray that prayer in that kind of way, the Father looks at you and responds in such a loving and endearing way. He says, no, 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 son, daughter, your name, it is relevant. I died for you. Uh, Your kingdom, yes, like it's been taken over it is divinely occupied. The Israelites in this day and time in the first century, they, they were their own nation, but they were not their own. They were under Roman occupation. Rome had dominion over them. So they had to answer not to themselves as a uh, self-governing uh, society, but they had to answer to Rome. In the same way, I believe this is what God is saying through this, through this prayer, that our kingdom has been divinely occupied by him. That yes, we get to, to make decisions and move with freedom, but we ultimately answer to him. Our kingdom should be coming in line with his kingdom. That we are coming into conformity to the image of Jesus. Your will, son, your will, daughter, it's, we don't have to throw it in hell. I'm transforming it to where what you eventually want is the same thing that I want. That's the journey that this prayer invites us into, where we allow God to have his way in every part of our lives, and then he starts to change us in every area of our lives. And, and it's, it doesn't all happen at once, but it happens in moments. And when you open your heart to God, he'll show up. Last week we talked about Spending time getting away and getting alone with God, just like Jesus did, right? I was just talking to someone in first service. He's like, I did it. And God did not waste any time working. Had this long testimony. 
Have you gotten alone and gotten away with God? Here's the thing. Here's what will happen. You'll develop an answer to the question I'm about to ask you when you get alone and get away with God. You'll develop an answer to this question. Do you trust him with your regrets and your wounds? Do you trust him with your regrets and your wounds? Your worship, your identity, those are kind of like abstract ideas. But what about your regrets and your wounds? Those are real. Those, those you can touch. Those you can feel. It's all important, but, but do you trust him there? It's usually when you get alone and get away with God that he starts to give you the answer to that. Do you trust him with your regrets? Those things that you've done, that you've wronged somebody through, that you just wish you could go back and change. Do you trust him with that? That he's, that he's wiped the slate clean by the blood of Jesus. Do you trust him with your wounds? Let's just imagine. Let's do a thinking cap again. Imagination station. I think that's a thing. I'm pretty sure. Um, so imagine in a world where time travel were possible. In a world. One man. One world. No, it's a, sorry. In a world where time travel were possible. Just imagine that's, that's where we just transported to. Okay? Now, all of us have access to a DeLorean because that's the only time machine relevant to this situation, right? Like, we don't need anything else. A DeLorean. That is time travel in style. Can I get a witness? Yes. Okay. All right. So, all right. In a, in a, in a world where time travel were possible, just imagine this. What's the day... What's the moment that you would want to go back to? To get, to get in that DeLorean, the flux capacitor's on, kick it up to 88 miles an hour, and you go back to this moment, this day, where, where you want to change something about what happened in that day. Like it's the day that haunts you, the moment that haunts you, the thing that you wanted to go back and you wanted to say it different, you wanted to do something different, you wanted to walk away, you wanted to make sure that you didn't go about that path, you wanted to make sure that something changes. What's that day? What's that moment for you? That's, that's, that's the place of your regret. It's that choice that led to hurt. That's, that's the place of regret. That's the thing that Jesus is inviting us to ask God for forgiveness for. On the flip side, what's the thing in a world where time travel were possible? What's the thing? What's the moment? What's the day that you just hope? but you're frustrated about because you want someone else to go back in their life to change what they did to you. You're you're sitting in bitterness because even though you know that we do not live in a world where time travel is possible, a lot of times our unforgiveness comes from the place where we are so frustrated that that person has not yet gone back in time to change what they did. That's the thing that Jesus in this prayer is inviting us to forgive. You see, this is not just about us sitting down and praying and, 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 and merely going through the motions. This is about us becoming followers of Jesus who actually follow Jesus, who are people who have been forgiven much, so we forgive much. Right? What, what is forgiveness? What does it mean to forgive someone else? Forgiving someone else, it's repenting from the hope of a different past. Forgiveness is when you repent from the hope of a different past. When you just realize it's not going to change. 
But guess what? In this moment, God wants to change you. And that happens when you let go and you hand that stuff, that wound to him that you are walked around with limping and you hand it to him for him to do a work in and you forgive whatever that thing is. Not because you, uh, some of us got some stuff that's real hard, real deep. Not because this is going to let them off the hook, but because it lets your heart off the hook. Because then, here's the thing, God still judge. So there will be justice. But it's not going to be by your hand. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, is what the scriptures say. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So what is our opportunity? What is our role? It's to forgive. See, here's the thing about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is an invitation to walk with your Father through the twists and turns of life. That's what the Lord's Prayer is. It's an invitation to walk with your Father through the twists and turns of life. Whatever this world brings, whatever this path brings, you open your heart. And let him carry you through it. To let him carry your stuff. It's an invitation to walk with him. See, uh, your willingness to walk with him will change you. Because he changes those he's around. And and this is not, you know, like it's not going to be just sunshine and rainbows along this walk. Along this hike called life. Like there will be times when, when the storm comes. The tornado warning is there. The hurricane comes. And who are you going to cling to in that moment? Are you going to be on the path in the hike called life and you're apart from the Father? You're alone and lost and you're trying to cling to something else? Are you going to cling to him? Are you going to stay close to him throughout all of life? That's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And because, I mean, he doesn't pull any punches. He reminds us like, hey, This world is not going to be easy. This hike is not going to be easy. Verse 13, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What do you do when, 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 when life is just crashing in on you? When, when, when the pain is deafening, when all you can see is the fear of fog, like the fog of fear that you see in front of you, when that's all you can see, you can't see hope. When, when things get murky and dark, What do you do? Do you still trust God when you're in that moment? Do you trust that he's going to bring you out of temptation from those moments and protect you and deliver you from the evil one? Here's the thing. like Satan does not want you to pray this prayer, y'all. He does not want you to pray this prayer and actually mean it. Because he knows that in this prayer you'll experience God. And what he knows about people who experience God, people who experience God are people who give people who are far from God a taste of God when they're around them. So, so like, he doesn't want you to experience this. He doesn't experience God through this prayer. And here's what he'll do. He'll either uh, help you kind of get convinced through good times that you can have all that you want apart from God, that you can have all your providence apart from God, you can have all of your happiness apart from God, you can have all of your joy apart from God. And, and this, this prayer is an invitation to see that he has everything, that you can't do any of that apart from him. But instead... Some of us, we, we have moments like that. Maybe things are up and to the right. Maybe for others of us in this moment, um, life really is terrible. If we were dishonest. And it does not feel like the green pastures and the quiet waters that God is leading us through, but it's the valley of the shadow of death. And we are fearing the evil. 
Because the valley of the shadow of death is not a fun place to be. It's dark. It feels like there's no hope. It feels like we're alone. It's, it's like on those days when this Cormac McCarthy quote from The Road, his novel, it resonates. What's the bravest thing you ever did? He spat in the road a bloody phlegm, getting up this morning, he said. When you can resonate with that, when, when the bravest thing you've done is to get up, just take a step. Will you trust him even then? Will you trust him even then? Y'all, this life is a journey. My question for this, for you, as we close is, what are you trying to carry that, that your father's offering to carry for you? What are you trying to carry that he's offering to carry for you? Have you been feeling weighty? Have you been feeling down and, and just under the crucible? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. I will give you rest. My burden is light. Have you been having a light burden or is it heavy? Is it deafening? Is it overwhelming? Like you thought you could squat it, but now you're underneath it. Is it your identity? Is it your worship? Is it your future? Your plans and desires? Is it your needs? Is it your regrets? Is it your wounds? Is it your safety? Is it your heart? Is it your life? Like what do you need to give to him? Because he's offering to carry it for you. What's the thing that you are trying to carry on your own? And, and here's the thing. Are you walking closely to him? Are you walking closely? Maybe you find yourself lost and alone today. I would encourage you to turn. And it can begin with a moment of prayer. A moment where you just recognize where you are and get honest with God. Like, God, you are good and amazing and it, uh, life just doesn't feel that way. Life doesn't feel that way. But God, I'm asking you to do what you want in my life. And I know I need more of you in my life because I've gotten distracted. For some of us, that's the prayer we need to pray because we've been lost and alone and we've not been trusting him with our stuff. For others of us, like maybe you do need to step into that place of forgiveness where you're willing to receive forgiveness from God. Maybe some of you have not actually surrendered your whole life to him and receive the forgiveness of all of those regrets and receive healing for all those wounds. Let's talk today. Let's have a conversation of what that looks like. Others of you, as the band comes out, uh, uh, others of you, there's something you're carrying that someone did to you and you have been clinging to the hope. Right here, right here. You have been clinging to the hope of a different past. This is the moment. This is the opportunity that God has laid before you to repent from that. It's not happening. But here's the cool thing. God can go back to the past and heal old wounds. But you've got to let him. And it starts with you following him into the path of forgiveness and releasing that from your heart. Actually forgiving someone. A prayer that changes your life is a prayer when you go to to the God who loves you and you acknowledge who he is. And you give him what you got. And you also follow him. And what he calls you to do. So church, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to end. Why don't you stand? We are going to pray this prayer together. Because um, I don't know what your Bible says. But my Bible says. And any good translation says. Our father in heaven. 
Which means that if you're following closely to God, you're not alone on the journey. Okay? You're not alone on the journey. It's, he's our father. If you've been doing soul, like solo Christianing, you're doing it wrong. If you're, if you're following after Jesus, following closely, you're gonna look around and you're gonna see your brothers and sisters in Christ who are with you. And as you give what you've got to God, He will, He will give you a blessing of people around you who are willing to carry you through it. Put your arm on them when you need to. You got, but you've got to open your heart to it. So we're going to pray this together. And hopefully as we pray this together, the Lord does a work in each one of our hearts. Let's pray this together, starting uh, with our Father in heaven. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.